0: It's been such a joy this week to expound on and communicate the message, the theme, the thought that God has had for us this week. I'm excited to continue on. I'm going to ask you if you would turn to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, while you do so, I'm going to talk about a little gospel track called It's Free. It's called It's Free. Inside, it contains a lot of scripture verses, but it asks this question, What is free? Well, salvation is free. This is probably one of the most colorful gospel tracks we currently have. Honestly, it really is an attention grabber. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to go to BibleTracksInc.org. There are many people that you're going to come across, people that I will never meet, people that will never tune their radio dials to hear the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast, or me, Micah McCurry, the host of this program. There are people that need to know that salvation— the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the the access to be able to accept Christ as Savior and go to heaven, they need to know that is free. The question is, where can they find it? Well, it's in God's risen Son, and they need someone to show them the way. You could be the one that could make an eternal difference in someone's life. So I'm going to ask you, go to BibleTracksInc.org today. BibleTracksInc.org. Dot org. You can order your very own copy. If you're not sure of your eternal destiny, you can order this gospel tract. Or if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you will spend eternity and you'd like to help explain that to someone else through a gospel tract, you can do that. BibleTracksInc.org. Do that today if you would. Now let's look at the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. Very quickly, let's bring ourselves up to speed. We've talked about Naomi. Now, of course, Naomi was Ruth's, the title, the character of this book, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. And Naomi, her husband, Elimelech, her two sons, they went to the country of Moab, where one of them actually married Ruth, one of those sons. And of course, all three of those men died. Naomi was left alone. Everyone had abandoned her. Orpah had gone back to her people. Her husband, her two sons, had died. Ruth was the only one by her side, and Naomi decides it's time to go home. And she does, but inside she's full of turmoil. It's just tumultuous inside. She can't get over what's been going on, and she tells the people of her hometown, don't call me Naomi, that word that means pleasant. Call me Mara means bitterness. And that brings us to chapter number two. Naomi, sitting, grieving, alone, in her own thoughts, in their hut, their house. Chapter number two, we begin. Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field, and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went, and came, and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap, I love that word, H- a P. It's a word where we get happenstance or just happened. Her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kinsman of Elimelech. Let's pause here for just a moment. Let's explain one or two things. This gleaning after the reapers that Ruth was doing, you say, hold on a second. I know they were family, but Ruth, at least by extension, was related at a distance to Boaz, a kinsman, a possible kinsman redeemer. But what was this about Boaz of Ruth gleaning in his field? Well. One of the social structures that was laid out for people that were down on their luck, whether they be widows or beggars, the homeless, for them to be able to survive, one thing that was laid out was they were allowed to glean After the reapers, meaning the people, the workmen would go through and glean this field, but that which fell to the ground unawares, the reapers were not supposed to go back and pick the field clean. They were supposed to leave that there for those that would come after, those that did not have the land or the implements or the workers or the ability to support themselves. It was a way of taking care of, if you will, the lower class of society, which Naomi and Ruth most assuredly were in this era of history. They did not have a man in the house to care for them. And in this time frame, in the Israelites' life, uh, Israelites' history, that relegated them to a lower class. And so, here she is, gleaning in that field. Verse number four of chapter 2 and behold boaz came from bethlehem and said unto the reapers the lord be with you and they answered him the lord bless thee Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? Now, why is it that that Boaz immediately picked out this woman? Well, it's likely that Bethlehem was not a bustling metropolis of thousands upon thousands of people. It was probably a small town and it was easy to identify someone new, but also it's likely that Ruth, they they didn't have a a JCPenney or or a Dillard's or you fill in the blank, a Walmart that she could go to and purchase new clothes. She certainly, the cast of of her skin probably looked a little bit differently. She probably had a little bit of an accent. She most certainly dressed differently. And Boaz immediately picked up all these things and said, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reaper's answer, this is almost a foreman, if you will, it is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And you have to wonder about his tone when he said that. He almost maybe said it dismissively. Uh Uh-oh, that's just the Moabitish damsel. Verse number seven. And she, meaning Ruth, said, I pray you, Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. He's just recounting the conversation that they had, the the foreman and Ruth. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, he, he approaches her. Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. You know, it's very likely that Ruth, when she went out, maybe first thing in the morning or later in the evening, to go draw water from the well, it's likely that when she got close, that all the other women that were already at the well, that their conversations very suspiciously all came to an end, and they finished up their business at the well, and they all went their separate ways because they didn't want to have anything to do With that woman from out of town. That Moabitish damsel. We don't need to talk to her. We can talk about her. But we certainly don't need to show her any kindness. This very well could have been. The very first bit of kindness and compassion. Call it maybe love. That she had seen from anyone. Save her of course her own mother-in-law Naomi. But Anyone else, this is the first bit of compassion she's gotten in months. She fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? verse 11. Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully showed to me all that thou hast done unto thy mother in law since the death of thine husband. And how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord. For that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. She acknowledges the fact that I am not like any of these other people. Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither, eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar, and she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eaten was sufficed and left. Not only did he give her all these things but he uh, give her all this access I should say but he also basically invited her for dinner and when she was risen up to glean Boaz commanded his young men saying let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not think about this for a moment okay Boaz was a shrewd businessman, a mighty man of wealth, verse number one of chapter two tells us. And think about past harvest times when he had probably berated his staff, his workmen for being too careless with the way they had handled the grain, letting too much fall to the ground. And now this year, think of them scratching their heads. As he says, not only does he say to in their minds waste more grain, but when you do it, just just surreptitiously throw it in the direction of that Moabitish damsel. Imagine the smoke coming out of their ears as they tried to wrap their heads around that one. Can I tell you, my friend? that as we discussed yesterday, God has not only brought you to where you are on purpose, but using this story as a guide and drawing application, God has not only brought you to where you are on purpose, but God has most assuredly blessed you on purpose. One of the greatest errors and sins and mistakes my generation has ever made is that we are excessively ungrateful for all that has been given to us. Can I tell you, God has been so good to me god has been so good to you and it's high time we recognize that every breath that we take the fact that you opened your eyes today and were were able to see the fact that you stood up on two legs and walked the fact that you drew air into your lungs that is a blessing of almighty god and he did it all on purpose he's not just maintaining your life He's given you so much more than you could ever hope to have on your own. You know what we deserve? An eternity in hell. And he's given us the access to have a relationship with him, just like Boaz did with Ruth. I'm going to bring a little bit more of an anecdote, a personal anecdote. Continue the story of my wife. And the six or seven inch tumor that was wrapped around her spine tomorrow on the program. We've talked about the fact that we've been brought here on purpose. We've been blessed on purpose. We're going to continue in the story of Ruth tomorrow here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Please join me tomorrow and Friday. Have a great day for His glory. God bless.
1: Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702.